Here's If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. So I'd like to welcome you out here tonight. Exodus chapter 12. And tonight, we're going to be looking at the blood. You know, as we sing in the old hymn, there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. But why? First, when we look at the blood, God required a blood sacrifice to atone for sin. As scripture states, the wages of sin is death. Because of sin, we all should have died. We should have died for our sins. Yet, God in his mercy, and we see this taking place in the Old Testament, he instituted a sacrificial system where he allowed a blood sacrifice for sin, and this was an ongoing sacrifice. Now, in the New Testament, what we see is with Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he is our atoning sacrifice. And he was the last sacrifice needed for sin. When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins, and through his shed blood... God received this sacrifice and he was satisfied with what Christ did on the cross and he accepts this blood for our covering. Now in the book of Exodus, we see something else about the blood, something specific about the blood and that's what we're going to be looking at tonight you would again turn to Exodus chapter 12 and we'll be looking at verse 13. In verse 13 it's written, And the blood shall be a token for you upon the houses where you are. So when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destruction when I smite the land of Egypt. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us tonight, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an understanding into your word, an insight into your word, and help us just to take what we learn tonight and apply it into our daily walk. And again, Lord, we just ask blessings upon those that could not make it tonight, those that might be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that may be traveling. You know each name and each need, Lord, and we lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask a special blessing upon them. And Lord, again, I just pray that you would be with us tonight as we worship, that you would speak through me and give me the words to say. And Lord, that if there's anyone that, that hears this message tonight that needs to make any decision, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts tonight. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in chapter 12, we see the institution of the Passover. 
This was pretty much the last mighty wonder that God performed before the children of Israel left Egypt. And basically what this was, it was a, a plague, if you will, the angel of the Lord or the, the angel of death came through and what this angel did is, is the firstborn from Pharaoh down to the, the livestock, the firstborn would be smitten and die. Yet, what God does is he gives the Hebrews a specific task to perform. And this was to take a lamb and sacrifice it, taking the blood and putting the blood on the doorposts and the lentils of the houses. And when this angel would see the blood, he would pass over that house. And the occupants of the house would not be touched. But what we see in the instructions for the Passover, we see an illustration of the redemption that Christ accomplishes on the cross. It's an illustration of that. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Now, how is this an illustration of what Christ did on the cross? And the first thing I want you to do is look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. Look at what it says. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of a year old, you shall take it of the lambs or of the kids. The lamb was to be a lamb without blemish. And what we see, if you were to look in the New Testament, in John chapter 1 verse 29 and then in chapter 1 verse 36, when John the Baptist sees Jesus Christ walking, he says, behold the Lamb of God. But if you look at 29, he adds something to that. He says that takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now, Jesus what we see is the lamb. But then it's something that Peter says about Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1.19, Peter is speaking about Jesus Christ and he calls Christ a lamb without blemish. He calls him a lamb without blemish. Undefiled in speaking about the blood of Jesus Christ, he writes, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb undefiled and without spot. So what we see is the first thing, there had to be a lamb without blemish in the Passover. How it illustrates Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross is Christ was a lamb without blemish. He was the sacrificial lamb without blemish. He was without sin. That's the most important thing. Because if Jesus Christ had sin, he couldn't be our Savior. He had to be without sin to be the perfect sacrifice. 
And we see that he was without sin because sin is imputed through the male line and his father was God. Not Joseph. He was without sin, without blemish. He was sinless, spotless, stainless Jesus who became sin for us. And through his stripes we are healed. He was a lamb without blemish. And then that takes us to the second part of how the Passover illustrates what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Look at verse 6 of Exodus 12. I'm sorry, in Exodus 12, 4. I want to look at that real quick first. It says, And if the household be too little for the lamb, he shall take his neighbor, which is next unto his house, according to the number of persons, every one of you, according to his eating, shall make you count for the lamb. So what they had to do, the children of Israel, were to take a lamb. They were to take this lamb, and what we see is on the tenth day of the month, if you look back at verse 3, on the tenth day, they were to bring this lamb into the house and keep it to the fourteenth day. And then on the fourteenth day, what were they to do? They were to kill it. They were to kill it. They were to kill the lamb. But then look at what Jesus says about himself. In John 12, 24, except the wheat corn fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He had to die. Jesus Christ had to die. Just like the Passover lamb had to die, Jesus Christ had to die. And we see in John 19, 30 that Jesus gave up the ghost and died on the cross. He had to die. The sacrifice was given and killed and the Lamb of God was slain just like the Passover lamb was slain. And that brings us to that something else about the blood. What I wanted to look at tonight the third way that the Passover illustrates the cross. The most important part when it comes to us, it had to be applied correctly. It had to be applied correctly. To be any good for the children of Israel, the blood had to be applied according to to God's specific instructions about the Passover. Think about that. It had to be applied correctly in a very specific way. Look at Exodus 12, 7. After they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper doorpost of the house where they shall Eat it. But then what we see if we look farther on is even the striking of the doorpost had to be done in a specific way. 
at verse 22. Moses tells them they were to use hyssop to do it. Why? Why hyssop? Why couldn't they just go out and take any old plant and do it? If you look farther on into the law, now this was before the law was given, but if you look farther on into the law, hyssop was very specific in the law in what it did and what it was used for. They were to use it in ritualistic cleansing. Ritualistic cleansing. In Leviticus 14, 1 through 8, it was used to cleanse leprosy. They would use it in the cleansing of the leper to declare the leper clean. In verses 49 through 52, they were also to use it for the ritualistic cleansing of the house that had been declared a zone for a plague. They were to use it to go in and sprinkle the house. Ritualistic cleansing. And then they were to use it in the sacrifice of the red heifer. In Numbers 19, 1 through 10, they were to take the hyssop and throw it on the flame. Very specific instructions were given to them. Now think about this. What would have happened if they didn't follow the instructions? If they did it correctly, we see in verse 13 that God would see the blood and pass over the house. But what happened if they didn't do it correctly? What if they didn't put it on the doorposts and lentils? What if they put it just on the roof? God wouldn't have passed over that house. Now I want you to think about something when it comes to that house and when it comes to the application of the blood. It didn't matter who was in the house. Moses could have been in that house and if the blood was not applied correctly, God wouldn't have passed over it. Moses would have been punished if he was the firstborn. Aaron would have been punished if he was in the house, if he was the firstborn. Whoever the firstborn was in that house would have been punished if it was done incorrectly. It didn't matter who was in the house. It had to be done according to God's plan. It had to be applied correctly and in the correct manner. Why? Why? How the blood was applied mattered because it showed their faith. It showed their faith. That's how the blood of Jesus Christ is applied correctly to us. 
by faith. That's how the Hebrews applied the blood. The Hebrews had faith that God was going to do what he said. And based on their faith, they took that lamb without blemish on the 10th day, kept it in their home to the 14th day, killed it, then cooked it according to God's instruction, took the blood and applied it the way Moses told them to apply it because Moses had gotten that word from God. And they showed their faith in doing that. Their faith in God. They had faith in God and as a result, they did as he instructed. The same is true for us today. The blood of the sacrifice, the blood of the Lamb of God has to be applied correctly and it's applied correctly through our faith in him. When we say we have faith in Jesus Christ, the blood is applied and God sees the blood our sins are forgiven. And what happens? In a sense, he passes over us. He passes over us. It's because we're justified in his sight. Or to put it another way, he sees the blood and his wrath will not befall us. Why? Because it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we pass from death to life. Think about that. We pass from death to life. And that's exactly what happened to the Hebrews. In a sense, they went from death. Just this living slavery, this death of slavery. And God brought them out. They went from death to life because they followed the instructions of God and the blood was applied correctly. His wrath will not befall us because as John 1, 7, 1 John 1, 7 says, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sins. When the blood is applied, God sees the blood, but it must be applied correctly. And it's applied correctly through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. The blood is applied through faith. Just as the Hebrews correctly applied the blood to their doorpost and lentils out of faith to God. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just look at your word tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would just take the word that you have given us, help us to apply it in our daily walk. And again, Lord, I just thank you for this day and the many blessings that you've given us. Just ask, Lord, that you would be with us during this time of invitation. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Number 280, Jesus.